Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest outdoor experts yap about it? This is the Three Rivers Marine Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson, Rob Ensley, and Joey Pyburn on Seattle Sports Station. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Weldcraft and Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Harbor Marine, Ray Marine, and Les Schwab Tires. On MeyerQuest.com, don't forget about the venerable the OutdoorLine.com with blogs, podcasts, it's so very, very much more. Good morning, Joey Pyburn. Good morning, Tom. Matt Nelson running the board back there. Good to be back in the studio. Next week, however, I think we're going to be coming to you. I don't think. I know we're going to be coming to you from uh, from the Port of Everett yeah, for Salmon for Soldiers, our day of honor, uh, September 17th, next Saturday. So we'll Can't wait for that. Coming at you from our dear friend Jeff Lalone, his office in Bayside Marine right there, which is kind of something of the nerve center of this this whole event. And then right across the parking lot, there's a, the port buildings and stuff, and, and so the Port of Everett just opens himself up for that. And kind of all the boats are going to be on North Gas Dock 6, which is kind of our slip. And they the Port of Everett loves us so much. They're building us a whiskey bar. What? <laughs> the big warehouse building now yeah. at, at the port. The uh, the the it's going to be called the Muse, right? And, and and so it's right there in Boxcar Park, and the big uh, ornate. Just it's a beautiful building, and it's just been vacant forever. But yeah, in March, that's uh, that's going to turn into a coffee and whiskey bar. Now, one right of the, where we park every day. That's that could be that could be trouble. Hmm. It could be it could be a trap. We could just could be, could be some just, kind of trap. Then we just stay on the boat more. Wow. That would, yeah. Coffee in the morning. <laughs> yeah, we better check. Nice check, cocktail see, in the evening. See what Kathy and Callie have to say yeah, about that. I no. know what they're going to say. Yeah. They're going to say, uh, yeah. I have a lawyer. Yeah. And yeah. he's going to take yeah. you for everything you Bingo. Yeah. Bingo. Uh, tape, uh, I am thrilled that the, the elk are bugling in the hills. Today is the elk opener. Yes. Your cousin, Ryan Lampers, though. He's not waiting for any Washington opener, doggone it. He already got a beautiful bull down in, in Montana and a bear here in Washington. That guy's just amazing. He's going to be joining us uh, middle of next hour. It's hunting season, gang. Yeah, yeah. It really is. Yeah, yeah Rye was here, um, so I got I got to visit with him a little bit and, and see my little niece, Tana, and hadn't hadn't seen them for almost a couple years now. And and uh, I asked Rye, well, you know, what are your plans this year for hunting? You, you know, you got any elk hunts planned? He said, nah. He killed like four elk last year, and he's like, I just want, I want to focus on mule deer, and he's got an Alaska trip for moose and caribou coming up, and he's like, I don't think I'm going to have any time to even hunt Montana for elk, and he happened to get home and had just a couple of days, and he'll tell the story. But he's going to tell the story, yeah, but it's just, yeah. and, and one of the best bulls that he's taken back in Montana, just an amazing animal, yeah, so yeah. can't wait to hear that story. If you're not fired up for hunting season, you will be at the end of that one. That's the middle of the next hour. But uh, I tell you what, right now, the, the hunters are getting out right now, and if and, and just yesterday's sunrise just set it to you all. I mean, the sun came up looking like the planet Mars. I mean, just absolutely bright red. So right now, if, if you jump on ncweb.com, I-N-C-I-Web.com, that's the incident um, command center, if you will, the, just kind of a clearinghouse for information regarding wildland fires here in the state of Washington. Right now, we have no less than 15 active fires the whole state right now is under a red flag warning we got burn bans we got and and the smoke's going to get worse here for sure and and, and uh 
So there, there's several that, that are going to impact hunters and, and, and close a lot of territory, Joey. And you, you made me aware that the Goat, Walk, Goat Rocks fire uh, over by Packwood, man, that's a real popular hunting area, mostly warehouse or land, 1,200 acres right now. Yeah, yep. So, guys, if you're going to be out in the woods, this you got to be super careful, you know, um, just a spark. That's all it takes. Yeah, and we can have another huge forest fire. So just got to, you know, make sure you're careful out there. And then also jump on NCWeb and, and kind of look at where these fires are at and stay away from those areas. And if you click on each each one of the individual fires on this website, you can get its level of containment, it, the, it, its scope with regard to acreage and everything else. And you, you, really, you really do need to check this out. And I know guys have had their hunts planned and they've – probably got some trail cams up and everything else. I mean, you know, you're, you're archery elk hunter. You're, you're passionate. I mean, by definition, you, you're not, you're not a casual guy. And so this is definitely going to, uh, going to impact a lot of guys hunts with some closed gates. Yeah. Well, um, you know, a lot of the, this backcountry area around Packwood, um, you know, it's, that's a 1200 acre fire. I think it's relatively new. So hopefully they can get in there and kind of get that thing contained. Um, What's really going to impact a lot of elk hunters is the southwest Washington area where warehousers shut yeah. down all their all their lands. Yeah. And, and look, it may just go through the next three or four days and they may open things back up. We're supposed to get some cooler air moving in and that should settle things down. But a lot of guys were planning to oh, be man. in the woods this morning, just right? Just brutal because, I mean, you know— the guys live for that. I mean, all year long, they're 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 you know looking forward to it and scouting and practicing with their bows and their bugles mm-hmm. and everything else. So yeah, my heart goes out. A lot of those guys are going to be shut out of some of that. I mean, there's going to there's still going to be elk hunting. Don't get me wrong, but that, that's a tough deal. Uh, two weeks from today, we're going to be talking about the Everett Coho Derby, ten thousand dollar event, largest uh, Coho Derby on the West Coast. Of course, Les Schwab's a big sponsor of that, as is Three Rivers Marine and Harbor Marine and Bayside and all the usual suspects, 10000 bucks on the line on that particular event. Two-day event, uh, again, taking place out of the Port of Everett. Um, right, and it's going to be right at Bayside Marine. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure the prize is that, as they always are. Really, really cool event. Dave Miller's on the water right now, and he's the event chairman. He's uh, competing in today's Edmonds Code. Derby. Yes. And uh, tell you what, the guys have been hitting Area 9, Area 10, that, that line area right there, have been – just about steady limit action for a week it's, now. It's been great. Yeah. Co fishing down there. Um, you know, we all our, our all our buddies are down there. My uncle Ron's been every day. He's going out there <laughs> and getting his coho. And uh, our buddy Chris Sherwood. They were out the other day. We were on the water. They were done. Yeah. And off the water by eight. I think they killed five nice coho. Hooked and you know hooked landed ten. You know had to release some fish and. Uh, but went home with five nice coho. So yeah, the coho fishing's great. We were out there and saw we're di- we just trolling along, and there was a pod of like a hundred coho just swimming next to the boat. It was, it, it awesome. was so amazing to see that life on Puget Sound. It was like I mean, a it was like a bunch of tuna, you know. Like, well, it, it, and the cool thing was we we you know got away from the boats. We you know we didn't care if we were keeping them or not. I mean, by this by this this time of the year, we're you, you know we've. We're, we're okay. We're flush. We're, yeah, we're, we're going to be fine. We're right? flush with We're going to make it through the winter. I'm pretty <laughs> doggone sure. But but just to get out there and, and observe that, and the first thing that caught our eye was, you know, if you've ever been walking on a sandy beach in, in western Washington, you know, we got coarse, dark sand. And it's full of life, right? Especially if you hit just right conditions and you can see sand fleas popping out as you're walking along the beach. 
Well, that's the first thing that caught my eye was th- this almost sand flea appearance of the shrimp, the brine shrimp that were popping out of there, out of, out of the water. It was it was amazing. I'd, I'd really, I can't really recall when I'd seen a school or a cloud of of these tiny little shrimp. They're, they're a little tiny fleece, and, and they're boiling out and of water. Acres and acres, Dude. hundreds of acres. Yeah. I've ne- I've also never seen five thousand seagulls. Yeah. And we were out there by – there was one other boat out there where we were at. And and so we had kind of had this cool little experience right. where he, I'm like, what what are all those seagulls? And they were all sitting. They weren't actively right. on a bait ball or something but like that. But they were that. along they were a sitting, rip. They were along a rip line. They were sitting there because underneath them was billions of these little shrimp. And so we kind of got on that edge and we're trolling through there. And when we first noticed them bl- kind of – popping out of the water was when you were bringing up that 18 pound glow cannonball <laughs> yeah. and it was coming up from the bottom and those shrimp were like, ah, yeah, what, and they what came shooting out of the water. And then we started noticing coho sipping them, hit, you know, right off the surface, just like trout. It was, oh, it was crazy. So cool. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was kind of a trouty deal. There's yeah. no question. So yeah. And, and like you say, I mean, all these birds sitting on this rip line and we're, we're just out. And so it was that absolutely glass calm and there wasn't a breath. And that was, so that was Thursday morning, right? And we went and we got our coho and it was it was it was a ball, you know, fishing fishing. Uh, we we ended up getting them on downriggers. I tried to get one on the mooch. We had a little one on you know on on that on a cut plug. We let it go. So uh, so then yesterday, I take my dear friend Jeff Lalone out at Bayside. I think we're gonna do the same thing, dude. Uh uh-uh. That 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 westerly yesterday morning. So we looked back behind us. You knew it was a different day when the sun came up, blood red. Dude. Yeah, and it was just, just absolutely crazy through that smoke. Yeah, sun. and and so uh, so we start heading out Admiral Admiral the Inlet and get around a corner, and there's this westerly, and it's ebbing. So the current is moving into the wind, right? And it just you know you so you couldn't really observe the surface. It was it was it was broken up, and the occasional white cap, and and it just definitely wasn't the same day as it was on Thursday. But that's that's why you got to you got to drink it in when you get something like that. That's that's going to be. It was kind of nice. Just it was just you and I on the yeah. boat too, which normally we have some friends along sure. on the boat. So it was kind of nice to actually fight a fish. Yeah. And, oh yeah. And you know, um, interesting. I I know a lot of guys down in the South Sound. They're just running squid or or bucktails my uncle's sure. running little bucktails yeah. and, and whacking them but i wanted to run bait i i bought these new brand new five inch anchovies that when you stick the hook in them they're so fresh that i showed tom <laughs> yeah. i stuck the hook in and i got it rigged up and there's blood running out of the the hole which you know think it's about crazy. what that does when yeah. you put it in the water yeah. just an amazing scent trail and we were running those little tiny anchovies about 35 inches behind a, a, a flasher. Flash. Every every single one put down got bit. Yeah, they, they like them. And, you know, and we'll talk we'll talk a little coho technique with Dave Miller who's going to join us in the water here later this hour. But, you know, that's it kind of goes against what a lot of guys typically run for coho. But I think that's kind of going to be a secret handshake with regard to your success on Derby Day. The challenge with fishing bait, obviously, is as soon as you see something on that rod tip, it could be a shaker, it could be something else that's going to knock the action of that bait off. But man, that's they're they're going to catch that bait's going to catch the bigger fish. I promise you. I think so. And so, but you just you got to be you got to have the discipline to watch that rod tip the whole the whole time that thing's in the water. Yeah, because I mean, it was getting hit pretty regularly, and if you you know, even if you take your eyes off the the tip of your rod and go to the helm to drive for a minute, you go back, you might as well just, I, I, if I do not, if I don't have the opportunity to just sit there and stare at my rod tip, I got to go do something else. 
As soon as I come back to it, I just hit the auto up, bring yep. it up. Yep, and just and, eyeball and it. And just look and Without, make sure it's okay. And that's a great tip, too. And right back down it goes. That, that's an absolute great tip. And so because so many guys, when I see them check their gear on, on downriggers, what do they do? They pop, they pop it, it off. Pop it off and then crank it up and then bring the ball up. Yeah. Dude, just bring the ball up. It, yeah. it, it's faster, especially if you're using your de- especially if you're using flasher gear. It's faster. The ball can haul it up. The downrigger can haul it up faster and you can crank it. But you can leave it in the clip and just look and see if you're clean, right? Yeah. And that's a great way to do shaker checks. It's a great way to and, and it's more efficient because your gear and then just send it right down. It, so it, the whole process takes maybe a minute, maybe, maybe ninety seconds. Maybe a minute. Yeah. I mean it, it's call fast. it two call it two minutes, right? But but it but, but whatever it doesn't I, matter. It's better than fishing for another fifteen minutes right. and realizing when you bring it up, you know, you, maybe you had a shaker or something whacked it and your bait is gone. And you've just been dragging it around with nothing down there. Yeah, pretty pretty pathetic. Speaking of pathetic, uh, the Columbia River is still not open below Bonneville. And this has cost so much economic opportunity. So, you know, our, our friend Stan Brock, the former uh, 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 New Orleans Saint and former uh, Army coach, has a uh, veterans event, the Black and Gold Classic. He had to cancel. That was going to be this Monday. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I, I my problem with this is, Right now, the Columbia River Chinook are coming in over forecast. Okay, they're they're way outperforming the forecast. And right now, I I, I want to say they've documented more tulies in the river than were tulies. Tulies are the lower Columbia River uh, spawning saka Chinook in the Columbia. They they have more tulies in there than than originally forecast. So yeah, the the, the sport fleet and buoy ten took a few more, but let's you know we need to look at this kind of realistically. And you know, they out, out, here's here's the ten year average in the Columbia right now over Bonneville two hundred twenty five thousand as of yesterday. So we got almost three hundred thousand Chinook all falls, you know, coming coming up in, into that creek right and, now. And this is keeping us from accessing this amazing coho run that's down that's, there right now. They should at and, least open it for coho, dude. Well, I mean, give well, me a break. That's it would have been open now for coho yeah. and and. We would have seen way less impacts on the Chinook, guys fishing coho gear, right? And and we were just starting to see like these <laughs> yeah. big waves of coho come into the lower Columbia. So I feel so bad for oh, all the is. guys down there. But, you know. you know, talking to my friend Eric Lindy, you know, who's just a great angler down there. Um, you look at the 10-year average of, of Jack Chinook. Okay. Now, now Jacks are important because they're, they're a sexually precocious male Chinook that has you know, in the river a year or two ahead of its adult stock. So it's a great indicator of that cohort or that year class that's going to be coming in the river next year and the year after. So check this out. Right now, there's 27,000 jacks over Bonneville. Or excuse me, the 10-year average is 27,000. There's over 42,000. So like 40%. Over the ten year average, yeah. So that's that's a wonderful indication of what we're going to see in you know in coming in back to the Columbia over the next couple of years, and and it also you know a lesser uh, indication of of you know the overall health of the Chinook stocks in, in the ocean. So that's just that's just wonderful. Then another thing that hit in in, in WDFW's ever increasing habit of putting news releases out at four fifty eight p.m. on on Friday afternoon is they closed the Skagit above Gilligan Creek. The Skagit have been fishing very, very well for for coho and a whole bunch of stuff, you know. Well, just... and the problem is, you know, there's way more Chinook than they forecasted, so there were more encounters. Yeah. I think they're at seventy three percent of the encounters 
for the whole year, and this thing's supposed to go through October 31st right. for Coho. But the, the reason, again, similar to the Columbia, the reason where there's so many encounters is there's a whole bunch of Chinooks. I'll there's tell you what, we're, we're, we're late for a break. Hey, hey look, you know, text us up this morning. Uh, 866-979-3776, powered by Yamaha Outboards. That's also the reverse chine hotline by Tried Wellcraft Duckworth, 866-979-3776. Uh, like I said, we had Dave Miller coming at us uh, from the Edmonds Coho Derby. Then I, I tell you what, we, we I've, I've talked to this guy and I've worked with this guy a lot. Um, he, he's he's he runs Gateway Trailers, and and Doug Miller's the gen, the general manager of Gateway. He's going to kick us off top of seven o'clock hour because your boat trailer <laughs> by this time this year needs a little help. Okay, Doug's Doug's going to help you out with that, no question about it. Then Ryan Lampers with a great hunting story. Stay with us, stay with us. Give us give us a text, give us a call. We're right back here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station seven ten and the Seattle Sports app. From the shining shores of Puget Sound to your radio, this is the Outdoor Line on Seattle Sports Station. Welcome back to the Outdoor Line. Joey Pyburn to my right, Matt Nelson running the board. I'm Tom Nelson. Thanks for tuning in this morning. It's the Edmonds Coho Derby Day. Make sure you get tickets for the Everett Coho Derby coming at you in two weeks out of the Port Everett. Dave, Somebody, no, somebody's going to win $5,000 today. Somebody's going to win five grand today, then the Everett Coho Derby is ten grand. So if that's not if that's not reason enough to go fishing, you can get you can get some. I go for, I go I go fishing for way less than that all the time. <laughs> we go fishing and it costs us yeah. money. Yeah, there's no question. But uh, yeah, and we're going to talk a little bit of coho technique. But but I tell you what, man, it's you know come mid September, your 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 dog's kind of looking at you, going like, all right, come on, dude, the days are getting shorter. It's a little chill in the air. They know, you know, it's they, hunting season. They definitely know. And you uh, you just kind of drug up. Uh, some youth hunt days that that are coming up here, which are very very important. I mean, it, it gives young hunters an opportunity not only an extra day in the field, but a little room to maneuver and kind of, especially a first time kid, you know, just get their confidence up a little bit because there'll be a lot of critters in the in, in the in the weeds and and in the duck blinds. So run those down for us, Joey. Yeah. So uh, the youth pheasant hunt here um, is going to be on the seventeenth and eighteenth of September. Yep. Of September, uh, and then then. Right after that is the 65-plusers, so the old dudes. The geezer. The, the geezer, geezer crew. Geezer drill. Uh, they get to go on the 19th through the 23rd. Um, and then we have Youth Duck, seven, uh, September 24th on the west side, October 1st on the east side. So they, they split yeah. it up a little bit, yeah, which think, is good. That, I think that's a great idea. Yeah, then sure. you get, get your kid out here on the west side and then drag his little butt over to the east side and get another day over there. And it, it is. It's just like I, I did it what? Two years ago, I took a, a young kid out, and it's cool because oh, it's awesome. There's no, yeah, really, there's nobody out there. Right, there's not a lot of pressure, so they kind of just get a really cool experience, and I, that's I, what you want to you want them to get this really nice experience to really get the hooks in them. And and if you've never seen the first time duck see decoys, <laughs> <laughs> they're not exactly uh, sophisticated. No, so we say that. Yeah, no, it was funny the, that morning I took that kid. The ducks just. Flew in and landed you know? <laughs> like ten feet away, and I'm like, like oh, "Okay, just stand up, and they'll fly, and you can shoot them." <laughs> okay, we're sold. <laughs> yeah, down they go. Uh, also, if you're a big game hunter, you need to get your uh, you need to get your smoke pole of choice dialed in. Uh, starting also on the 24th, the uh, the Seattle Rifle and Pistol Association SRPA.org opens the range to the public from 10 a.m. to 3 on the 24th, 25th. 
October 1st and 2nd. So just basically every weekend till mid, mid-October. And the general hunt opener this year, I'm so glad the department did this because they're, this is my chance to say something nice about WDFW. Okay, you ready for this? Go for it. Well, they had their choice. They could have opened up Big Game and everything else on October 8th, right? But they gave us the third weekend of October. And I keep, I hope I hope they keep on doing this because the later we go in the year, you know, the better it is for for waterfowl hunting, the better it is for big game hunting, get a chance to really get some weather in the high country by then and, and it just makes some critters moving. Dude, for sure. So I'll give guys a little tip. I when I was on my bear hunt, I saw a ton of grouse. Now if you remember we used to be able to hunt grouse on, on the September first. first. But they changed that. So grouse opens up on September 15th. And listen, guys, the hatch was good. I saw – I was driving out. I had to stop like five times because the stupid grouse were like right in the road. They're yummy, man. I love grouse. If you're going to give me my two – choice of two critters, one waterfowl and one upland, grouse are my absolute favorite upland and, and brant. 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 Brant are amazing. Okay. Yeah. I'm a I'm I'm pheasant I think or quail. Yeah. Quail are delicious. Those little buggers are tasty. Um, but you got to shoot a bunch of them to get a meal. That's true. Uh, and then I whatever type I eat merganser. So no. I mean, like, <laughs> you know, that's that's a statement right there, folks. Is that <laughs> log on to Everett Coho Derby. That's the website of our next guest, none other than Dave Miller, chairman of this wonderful event that takes place September 24th, 25th, out of the Port of Everett. Dave Miller joining us next here on the, on the Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Welcome to the BOMAC Tech Line. BOMAC has all the gear for all your techniques, and SMI Shellfish gear is simply the best. BOMAC, we catch big fish. Welcome to the Tech Line here in the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710, Seattle Sports app. So check out EverettCohoDerby.com. That is the website of none other than Dave Miller, who's fishing this morning with 499 of his closest friends somewhere in (laughs) Marine Area 10. Good morning, Dave Miller. Morning, Dave. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, Joey. How you guys doing? Well, we're doing good. Are we close? Is is there is is sport fishing alive and well in Area Ten this morning? Is it they're well attended? Well, if I yeah, if I told you it looked like Mid Channel Bake on opening day, <laughs> would you believe me? I would absolutely <laughs> yeah. believe you. But but yeah, it's, I don't think I have a boat within ten feet of me. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's great, man. Well, it's it's good to see. Uh, you know the 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 fact that there's so many guys out there enjoying the coho fishing, but it's because it's been really really solid. Uh, the the I guess one of the reasons that it's that packed right there is, of course, marine areas eight, marine areas nine right now are selective, and because of the fact that these uh, coho that are coming back are, are progenies of 2019 that also shares a year with uh, mm. with something called uh, COVID we 19. Yeah. We don't really talk about that too much, but they didn't. WDFW didn't get the opportunity to clip as many fins as they typically would, so we're not seeing a great mark rate among uh, you know in the, in these areas. So a lot of guys they're going to have to go to ten. But it seems like the catch has been pretty solid down there, Dave. What are you, what are you seeing on the end of your rod this morning? Uh, you know, we just dropped lines about five minutes ago. Gotcha. We made a, a short run down here, but uh, uh, no, it was good. You know, last weekend was good. I've talked to a few other guys on the water. We've been getting a few pictures from guys. Um, nothing really big yet, but the action is there, and that's what we all like to have is, is the action. And so you're participating in today's Edmonds Coho Derby, kind of getting getting your gear set up because uh, the, the the big one in a couple weeks. This is a derby that's been, it's been going on since, you know, I, I mean, it had to have been going on for 30 years or more, the Ever Coho Derby. What, how long has this tournament t- taken place? This, yeah, 
believe it or not, this is our 29th year 29. ever. Gotcha. Yeah. So next year is 30, and uh, we're going to pull out all the stops for the 30th year. So it'll be fun. That's cool. Yeah, I remember, you know, I've always had my kids involved in it, and it, it, it's just a lot of fun for the whole community, and, and it really gets, you know, a lot of support, too. I mean, it's it, it's not the biggest derby on the West Coast for no reason. I mean, you guys do a, a fabulous job and a prize list. I mean, you, you make it a point that just about every kid that attends the awards ceremony is going to walk away with something. You know, that's exactly right. You know, Tom... I've said it many times, I'll continue to say it, you know, we're fortunate because we live in a great boating fishing community, and we are supports from our vendors, our, our participants, and the community as a whole is just overwhelming. So everybody makes it a uh, kind of a family fun, friend thing, uh, event for this weekend. They look forward to uh, participating in it. I, I had a listener reach out to me on, on social media, and he was like, hey, is this, is the, you know, after the derby, is this like a family-friendly thing with the kids? I was like, man, that's that's, That's what, what it's all is, about, for sure. Right? Yeah. Yes, bring your kids. Yeah, Get your kids yeah. out there. Bring them. Well, Always. Yeah, like I said, you know, kids, 1,200 fish for free. Uh, whether they caught a fish or not, they're going to walk away with a prize. Um, it's just a lot of fun. It's a good good family event. Well, all right, so let's let's make things easy on folks. How do folks... Get and get a ticket. Get involved and have their have a chance for the ten thousand dollar first prize, Dave. You know it's pretty simple. You know you can go into a lot of our uh, retail ticket outlets. You know Harbor, Johns. You know go to the website. You'll see them all there. Or you can actually buy your ticket online as well. It's pretty simple. Go to the website and follow it. You know we do also have a team tournament that's sponsored by Boat Insurance Agency. Forty bucks a, a team. You know four guys on it. And uh, same thing, just click right on a button, you can join a team, and the guys don't even have to be in the same boat. Or one could be on a, uh, on a, the bank or something. And so it's a lot of fun. We like, that event is growing more and more every year. Boat Insurance Agency, of course, Neil Booth helps, helps out with that deal. And that, that's been a big draw. A lot of guys like that team aspect to this. But, but yeah, like you say, Roy Robinson, um, Johns and, and Harbor and stuff help you guys out with that, that first prize. Johns, Everett, Bayside, Harbor, and Roy Robinson are helping out with that first place $10,000. And that is the big fish for the whole event, right? That ten grand. The $10,000, you bet. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I tell you what, yeah. man, and then and then five thousand by by our friends at Rudnick Manufacturing and R and R Foundation, uh, and then Silver Horde and Dick Knight stepping up a third place for twenty five hundred. I mean, dude, there's freaking you know. By the time you, it's all said and done, you must have forty fifty thousand dollars in cash and prizes at this event. Yeah, you know, I think we give away close to twenty one thousand just in cash prizes with all the contingency prizes that we have too. So it's good, you yeah. know. And then this year we don't have the luxury of giving away the boat for the MPA. So, uh, you know, Dwayne Wayne's Ram Truck Center has always sponsored our mystery weight. So I contacted them and I said, let's let's do something fun that we can give away at the end. And so uh, she, uh, Sheila, countryman being from uh, Dwayne Wayne, she uh, contacted Nick. And so for the mystery weight prize, it's going to be a fishing trip, all-day fishing trip for six people with Nick Kester of All-Star Charters, and uh, Sean O'Donnell's restaurant is throwing in box lunches for everybody. So that that's going to awesome. be a great price. For yeah, no doubt about it. And that's so again, super easy to get involved. You can jump on EverettCohoDerby.com. It's September twenty fourth and twenty fifth. I think you sell uh, tickets right up to the Friday afternoon ahead of the event. Is that correct? Well, yeah. All the retail outlets will sell tickets until they close that day. You could buy online 
Friday until midnight, and then Saturday morning from 4 a.m. to 8 a.m. at Harbor Marine. Uh, we'll have tickets available for, for, uh, at that time. <laughs> that's that's like selling Christmas presents on Christmas morning, right there, dude. That's outstanding, yeah. no question well, about you know, it. It's kind of, it's, it's, it's kind of a fun thing because Lauren shows up and oh, sure. we got Jason down there and, you know, sometimes it's just, you know, Katie bar the door and other times it's, yeah. you know, a few people trickle in stuff like that, but, it, but it's always a good time. Oh yeah. We've done the show from, from there on, on a couple derby days before. So no, no question about right. it. Really cool deal. And right. thanks for, thanks for everything you do, man, because if it weren't for, weren't for your efforts, Dave, you know, I don't know this thing, you know, gets yeah. off the ground and is, is successful next year will be 30 years. That is absolutely crazy. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, okay. So let's yeah, talk about know- What's happening around you? Anything yeah, happening? You but, seen any, any nets fly? Anybody catching any fish? I, you know, I haven't seen anything yet. I've got my uh, wonderful, beautiful wife driving the boat. I got my buddy Charlie running the gear in the back, and uh, haven't seen anything action yet. What so. What have they been hitting? What do you give us some depths and give us some gear before we let you go? Okay, so you know me, I'm I'm at uh, Silverhorn. Uh, Purple haze hoochie with a skirt insert and a heron strip. I love that. You know, we start off at 37 in the morning. We'll drop down as the day progresses. You know, if the hoochies aren't working, you know, this spoon that I tried last year, that gold star kingfisher and that T-Rex pattern, the green one, I think that's been a really good, you know, I think green for color is anything, but this has been a pretty good little spoon. Yeah, dude, it's, and the coho, man, in the morning, they, they hit anything. But there will be a midday bite as well. All right, Dave, we'll let you get back to it. Let us know how you do this morning. Good luck, and thanks again for all your efforts on behalf of the Everett Coho Derby, man. Thanks, Dave. You bet. Take care, guys. All right, yep. buddy. All right. Have, good luck. Go get them. All right, coming up next, Raymarine Picks of the Week here for the 10th. Man, here we are, second weekend of September already. Oh, I know. Yeah. And it's then it's going to be October, yeah. and then we're going deer <laughs> then we're going The whole bit. Mm-hmm. All right, Raymarine Picks of the Week coming at you next here in the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710 and Seattle Sports App. Welcome to the Outdoor Line Picks of the Week, presented by Ray Marine Electronics. Don't just go fishing, go hunting underwater. Ray Marine, simply superior. The name of the game is complete electronic integration, folks. Everything you do on your boat can be handled through the MFD, multifunction display of raymarine.com. We're talking autopilot, stereo, radar, sonar, chart plotter, everything. Cuts down on your dash use space and everything, not having gauges and everything to work with. It's just absolutely phenomenal what this stuff does. Go check it out more at raymarine.com. Joey Pyburn, what do we got, man? Almost the middle of September here, partner. It's coho time. It is. I mean, we just talked to Dave. Um, The coho fishing down there has been really, really good. You and I got out. We got to see a little bit of it. Um, You know, I would think out of the box a little bit if you're looking to win that derby. Maybe run some bigger herring. Like you, you ran that whole herring, and I couldn't believe that that didn't get bit. You know, and, but but, but it, he, I, if I would have stuck with it, it would have got bit. There's no question. But you know, once you rolled that anchovy down there in that hood, and that that was just absolutely automatic. Those little chovies, and 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 it was better quality bait too. Well, so so if if I was out there today and I was I was looking for a derby winner. I think the first thing I would do is try to separate myself from the crowd. I know that's probably going to be a little bit tough down there in Area 10. Um, maybe I would slip out of there, and I would go go check out some spots in Area 9. Look, there's hatchery fish out there. There's, there's Oh, fish. there's no question. We, our, yeah. our, our buddy, they were fishing up further up near Lagoon. Yep. And they caught some nice big you hatchery just, fish. You just, that, that, it, so, a couple things. What you're going to see today 
is only a f- faint glimmer of what's going to be out there in two weeks. Yeah. Okay. We're starting to see things light up in CQ. If you if you look at the Creel checks, right, and and so there's a nice big wave of coho that's coming. Now there's good numbers right now. Do not get me wrong at all, but I'm totally with you. If if I'm in salt water, that's absolutely 100 percent my plan. Is I'm going to run north and I'm just going to cycle through a bunch of fish. And you're going to get away from the people, yeah, which yeah, is for sure. You if, know, you know. Now now is that something I'm going to do for the first time? You know, if, if I haven't been up there, it, you know, if I'm gunning to win this ten thousand bucks, am I am I going to go right up there and haven't not fished it before? No. no. I mean, you should go spend some time up there. Yeah, and it, and it's fun. It's beautiful, and you're gonna be by yourself, right? Are you gonna fill the fish box with them? No, but you know, hey, you know, who knows? Maybe next year we are gonna get a non-selective opportunity in nine. I, I think, given the given the rebounding numbers, particularly in the Snohomish and the crunch and abundance we have, I think that I think that's likely. I think that's something we should argue for coming in north of Falcon. This year, you're just going to have to cycle through a bunch and realize that it's a lower clip rate. But in doing so, you're going to learn stuff. Same thing that we did when we were at Buoy 10. We stayed on the water a little bit longer because of the selective Chinook fishery this year. And what happened? We learned some, we learned, some cool we learned stuff. Some stuff. Some sneaky, learned cool some stuff. Columbia River, you know. And that's, you know, I mean, being on the water is its own reward. It really is. And it was, it was funny because we're kind of, you know, looking... I, I was found myself in some weird part of the internet the other day and, and just looking at areas of water by state. Right. And we got, we're, we're the wettest state in the nation, dude, Tw- almost 20% of the state of Washington is water. And, and it just kind of struck me that that's kind of my favorite part of the state. It is for <laughs> you sure. Know? You know, yeah, it's, is, is the wet parts of the state. But you think about it, we're co- just about completely surrounded. Right. You know, obviously the peninsula is and Puget Sound and the San Juans and everything like well, that. But I, I but, was talking about it the other day that, you know, my cousin Ryan jumped ship and he left and he yeah, went to Montana. Yeah. And, and every everybody's like, oh, man, you know, would you ever leave? And I'm like, ah, I, dude, my blood, I, my every, blood, type, my blood type is P.S. Every, is Puget yeah, Sound. It everything really, you know. I love to do. Kind of revolves around the water yeah. in Washington State, whether it's the Puget Sound, yep. the coast, the rivers, the lakes we yeah. have, and we can be in the mountains in an hour. Yeah, we have elk, deer, yep. upland bird, ducks. It's just we have everything here. Yeah, for sure. And and I you know I could I could I could never leave. No, you know for sure. I, I completely respect why he did understand how you know why mm-hmm. he did it. And then, sure. And and it's it's and I'm looking forward to interviewing Ryan you know next hour because. You know he's made that lifestyle choice to to do that, and it, and it perfectly just suits him. And he's just he's just an amazing hunter and an amazing angler too. It's just a lot of fun. So make sure you stay stay tuned for Ryan Lamper's segment in the middle of next hour. But you know in in the meantime, there, there's another aspect to the to the Everett Coho Derby too, and that's the fact that you can fish fresh water in this event. And every year, there's big fish that come from that river. They they just kind of sort themselves out right and and. And you you see some of the biggest individuals. We're talking to our friend Dave Lee at Three Rivers Marine. Snomish is boiling with coal right now. Look what was going on in the Skagit. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, dude, there's there's a well, and you have good two, push. and you have two days. So anytime yeah, you have right. two days on the water, mm-hmm. you like you said, you, more time on the water, you learn stuff. So you're going to figure things out on that first day. You're going to learn some stuff, and that that you you may learn something that's going to put that big fish in the boat on that second day. And uh, anytime you can have Two days on the water, back to back. Yep. You're just going to be a better angler. Oh, there's no question that that second day effect. And we, you know, we've talked about that that before. Is the first, and I don't care. You know, we've been fishing all summer, right? 
But our first day of coho fishing is like, okay, what are we doing? What are we doing? Let's, <laughs> How's let's this kind work of, again? Yeah, figure this out, right? You know, and and so, but you're right. You get the opportunity to fish a couple of days in a row. You're you're that much far ahead of the ahead of the program, and it's so important. Now that being said, there's an absolute random aspect to all coho derbies, right? I don't. You can be the best stick and run, be running the best gear, and somebody trolling a cut plug ballpark frank at five feet on the downrigger underneath the kicker is going to freaking yeah. whack an 11-pounder out of nowhere that's that's going to win it, right? Yeah. I Originally, when we came into this coho fishery, though, I mean, you and I started encountering them in early August out of Mid-Channel Bank while we were targeting Chinook. We're thinking, oh, 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 oh here we go. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of hit kind of a little lull, right? And I guess looking back on things, I, I guess I guess I've kind of seen that before where you just kind of bump into an early stock of them that's rolling in, and they're either rolling Yeah, in just a like, pilot run yeah. moving through. Maybe Hood Canal. Heading head somewhere deep, deep south in the sound. south sound. Yeah, could be. Yeah. Could be. But now they're here, and it's and it's real, and, and it's solid. But I still think, I still think in my heart of hearts, it's going to take probably a 10-pounder to win this derby. Now, and talking about the Everett. Excuse me, talking about the Edmonds event today. I think so. I mean, yeah. well, look, there, there's that many guys on the water. Somebody's going to catch a 10-pound coho. Somebody's going to get a big one. Yes. Yeah, I think definitely. so, too. And and I right off the top of my head, I can't tell you if it's – it could be Edmonds. could be a gutted and guild derby. I don't know. We've got to check that out. But, you know, it, it, at any at any rate, uh, it's it's there's a lot of guys on the water catching a lot of fish today, and that's really what it's all about is, you know. Because yeah. a lot of guys, th- this is their fishery. You know, they don't mess around with Chinook, and they just kind of do the coho thing because, I mean, they're willing biters. They kind of let you know where they're at because at some point they're surface-oriented. They're going to pop and jump and roll. You don't have to grind your gear close to structure. It's less technical than a lot of Chinook fisheries. You know, it, and, and, you and, can go troll. You can just troll in a circle. Absolutely. You know, out in the middle of the shipping <laughs> channel, you just troll around in a circle, and they're out there. And, and like you said— Coho are biters. And, you know, one thing that was interesting the other day, and we talk, we've talked about this, but, you know, you'll you'll hook a 20-pound Chinook and your rod tip will just, you'll, oh, on yeah. the downrig, it'll be mm-hmm. like, dunk, 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 like a trout. And you'll actually have to reel down and pop that off the clip. These five, six-pound Coho hit it so hard, they're ripping it out, out of the clip. They're just, I mean, the the bites are exciting, you know. I And here's the, here's one thing. You know, you had that windy kind of rough day um, on yesterday on Friday. Yeah. Sometimes those rough windy days, you yep. get some some caps on the water, yep. and you run your gear. You run it way back behind the boat, and you actually have to run it down to about twenty five feet to get your gear to go down. Then bring it up to, geez, sometimes five feet to where that that is just under the the waves. And that can be some of the best coho fishing you'll ever well, see. Well, and and you you made a great point because if you're going to do that shallow program, you you have to run your gear. So we the challenge for us is we're we we spool up with braid, and then we got a fifty foot shot a fifty pound mono, and so fifty feet's enough to do that though. I think. Yep. Yep. Think. It is. Yeah. And and so and not that they won't hit it right behind the boat, but. At that shallow, I like to get it back behind the boat. For sure, because you need you, you should be away from the boat yeah. at some point. Yeah, it's it's a, it's kind of the I call it the the planer board effect. Yeah, right. Because you know we're we're up in in Roosevelt fishing with Austin Mosier, and those fish move away from the boat because they're surface oriented. But then they come back behind the boat later, right? They just kind of filter back in, and so he's running those planer boards because it pushes those fish off to the side where those planer boards are going to get to them, right? So. 
you don't, you know, most of the time you don't want your gear right underneath the kicker, right underneath the boat, right? But but this is with coho, you just you just don't know. You 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 have no idea. They're That's never, what Dave Miller needs on his boat today. Those, those Austin Moser planer boards create a little space. So that that whole drill is so involved, man. Oh gosh, it's I mean, crazy. It's, it is. I mean, he had Austin had a. Uh, a socket placed in front of his boat, so he's got a, yeah. and he's it's a mast, right? Basically, it basically <laughs> running. He's running a mast off the front of his boat, yeah, man. yeah. And it's and and so, and it's funny because he you put these clips on and and send them down the line, and that's you know this is how far this one's going to be out, and there and then and then the clip just you, once you get a fish on or something, you pop it loose, it just slides to the end of the line. And at the end of the day, you, you pick know a ball, how pick all those clips. that would be in Puget Sound fishing for coho. I mean, you could have your close. Your downriggers in close oh, yeah. and have lines out to the side. I mean, you would murder them. Oh, oh I've seen I've seen guys do it. Yeah. There was a you know, in fact, a pretty pretty well known guy that had a large uh, fiberglass boat that had you know outriggers. Yeah, right, like tuna fishing, and he'd run he'd run a spread like that, and and just yeah, hammer the crap out of them. Yeah, because you can fish you know fish that stuff away from now. You didn't want to be close to this guy, <laughs> and he didn't want to be close to you. But uh, but man, he yeah he was he was a de- definitely a great stick. You know what we didn't encounter uh, the other day when we were out was dogfish. We didn't. True, but we were we were hauling. We were hauling, hauling Heine. I we think, were cruising. I we're think doing three five three eight. I even was up to four at times. I don't I don't think the dogfish like that deep deep water stuff now if we would have stayed on possession get, bar get a, or hit, around yeah. some structure yeah for sure they you know they're you're gonna find them around structure for sure i, we, I, I think that's definitely the case we caught our first fish at 70 second fish i don't I yeah don't they were remember. all deep they were and all then deep yeah we not knowing it we both went to 109 <laughs> yeah. and i got one down there yeah no question yeah. yeah but seeing them rip around on the surface like that on a flat calm day just you it's, could fly fish them if you, you could you, find them, you could have water you skied could you could have water skied out there that day i mean it was that flat glass but just to see that level of life in puget sound along the rips right and seeing thousands of birds on there you know on, on this rip all feeding and seeing the shrimp come to the surface and seeing schools of coho you know going along these rip lines just that, I mean, that's just an old school, you know, Puget Sound drill right there. And at that point, you don't even need downriggers. I mean, we you, you could mooch along those rips. You could pull a diver along those rips. It, it doesn't matter. But if it's windy, you, you're not going to be able to observe that and see that and target that type of water. That, that's why it's so wonderful and instructive to get out on those flat, calm days. But you, you made a great point, though. I mean, the, the fact that that broken surface, you can substitute that rough surface of the water for depth. Yeah. And, and and so because you're going to mute that light transmission down through the water column when you have a broken surface. So, yeah, all that, you know, it, it all plays into it. All right. We have been busy this summer, <clears throat> and we have been yarding a large boat on a boat trailer up and down the state and across the state and here and there. And you have been doing something of the same thing if you have a boat trailer. Now, now think about this, man. If you if you pull that trailer around, this this is the warmest time of year for sure, right? Now you pull it across hot asphalt, and and the whole thing heats up. I mean, even your sure. boat heats up. Yeah. Then you take this this hot trailer with really really warm bearings, and you back it into cold water, cold salt water, <laughs> like the most corrosive. <laughs> what what do you what do you suppose happens? Right. Yeah. So <clears throat> there's a reason I have such high esteem for for Duckworth. They they build a great boat. They are not going to put. A, a cheap a, trailer underneath of it. 
Ga- Gateway Materials builds Duckworth, Duckworth and Wellcraft trailers. Yeah, I have never had an issue with any of these. And one of the reasons I don't is their next guest, Doug Miller, general general manager of Gateway, joining us top of the hour. The Northwest Outdoor Report brought to you by Les Schwab Tires. Ryan Lampers, an absolute hunting legend, already has a bull and a bear in the freezer. Going to talk to him. That, the Roy Robinson RV really wearing a lot more. Stay tuned for a jam-packed hour, too, right here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station and the Seattle Sports app.